I was sitting in my office, nursing a hangover when they walked in. A week of new movies. I knew they were going to be trouble from the minute I laid my eyes on them. Sure, some of them were good, but others. Others just rubbed me the wrong way. I had the usual characters, the animated movie, the flashy action flick, and the obscure documentary. It's the week of August 19th, and this is Future Flicks. All right, all right. Welcome, everyone. This is the 10th episode. 10! We made it! Made it to double digits! I haven't been asked to stop yet, so until then, I'm going to keep going. As always, I am Billiam from SomewhatNerdy.com, your movie-loving host. We have quite a few movies this week, and a bunch of them look pretty good. This looks like a pretty good week for movies, nothing huge. This isn't a week with any real big blockbusters. I know they're trying to make Ben-Hur one, but I, I just don't buy it. Well, let's start with some news. We have some stories this week. One of them, and the first one, is an unfortunately sad one that Kenny Baker, the actor behind R2-D2, dies. He was 81 years old, and besides the Star Wars movies, he was also known for movies like The Elephant Man, Time Bandits, and Flash Gordon. He's quite the success story, not just because he was the man behind one of the most loved characters in cinema, but just because apparently when he was a child, he was told that he probably wouldn't survive through puberty. The reason behind that was back then, the life expectancy of short people, you know, midgets and dwarfs, just wasn't that long. But he made it to 81, and that is good for anyone. As always, the celebrities hit Twitter to pay their condolences, and I, I don't want to try and downplay that or make it sound like it's not sincere, because really, in this day and age, that is how it's done. Celebrities have Twitter accounts and other social media accounts, and when something like this happens, they say something there. Mark Hamill said, Goodbye, Kenny Baker, a lifelong loyal friend. I loved his optimism and determination. He was the droid I was looking for. And now that we're all good and sad, let's move on to some Walt Disney news. Walt Disney Studios posted a net profit of $766 million thanks to just three films. And guess. Take a wild guess. And I'm not going to wait because you can just pause it if you want to guess. Those movies are as follows. Captain America Civil War, The Jungle Book, and Finding Dory. It doesn't really surprise me that Captain America Civil War and Finding Dory were on that list, but it really does that Jungle Book was on there. I really thought it was going to be something like Zootopia. In other news, apparently there was an open letter regarding the Wonder Woman movie calling it a mess. The person who wrote the letter was from Warner Brothers and it caused director Patty Jenkins to respond just saying that the that letter that was written was complete BS and she wants to know, you know, basically who did it. If you if you do believe this, cite your sources. What makes you say that? Some people think that this is because of DC's last two movies just didn't do that great. I mean, they got in a lot of money, but as far as the critics were concerned, they were slammed. That is, of course, Batman v Superman, Donna Justice, and Suicide Squad. But I think in cases like this, the money should speak for itself. And that is the fact that fans, fans go see it. There are people who are going to go see it twice even. Sure, Batman v Superman and Suicide Squad could have been a lot better, but they weren't bad. The early trailers for Wonder Woman, well, the Comic-Con trailer made it look really good, so we'll see where that one goes. Hopefully DC will start getting their act together. 
I've heard some people say that they believe the reason why Marvel just does better is because Disney actually kind of stands back and let lets Marvel be Marvel, while DC has Warner Brothers all up in their grill. But I've also heard conflicting reports that there are certain directors and people who don't want to do business with Marvel anymore because of the fact that Disney is so overbearing. Where's the truth? Who knows? We'll find out years later in a tell-all book from both sides. But until then, see what you want to see. If it looks good, see it. If you think Wonder Woman's going to be great and critics start panning it, who gives a damn what those D-bags think anyway? You watch it for you. Well, let's get into the movies, starting with my pick of the week, which is Kubo and the Two Strings. A young boy must learn how to harness the magic within him to find his father's magical suit of armor. He goes on a journey accompanied by two companions, hoping to complete this task to defeat a vengeful spirit. An impressive set of stars lend their voices to this movie like Charlize Theron, Ray Fiennes, George Takei, Matthew McConaughey, and Rooney Mara. Art Parkinson, a very unfortunate name, Parkinson. I didn't even know that was a real name. Anyway, Art Parkinson is the voice of Kubo, and you'd know him as Rickon Stark. I actually forgot who that character was, so I had to look him up. But hey, good for him for getting work outside of Game of Thrones. That's pretty cool. This looks like a beautifully animated movie with a story that's good enough to back it up. This is directed by Travis Knight in his first time directing, but he was a lead animator for Paranorman and Caroline. Or Coraline. Coraline, not Caroline. Coraline. The lead animator for this movie is Malcolm Lamont, who's worked on movies like Paranorman and The Fantastic Mr. Fox. Of course, things like this don't mean the movie is going to be great. Just like putting a whole bunch of great actors into a movie doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be great. There's so, there's so much more to it. But knowing the pedigree of a production crew is a good way to manage expectations. The trailer gave me this feeling that the that there's going to be just a standard adventure story to it. The characters go on their adventure and fight tougher and tougher enemies along the way as they uncover new abilities and get closer to their goal. And I'm ready for that. I am ready for a good adventure story. Animation simultaneously has it easy and hard. They have it easy because they can do basically whatever they want. If they can draw it, they can do it. They can do so much more than a live-action movie can at the same time, they have it hard because A, it's not easy to do, and B, sometimes animation just doesn't come across right and bad animation can ruin a movie. Kubo and the Two Strings looks like it hits all the right marks, but of course, only time will tell. My vote for this one is see this in theaters, if you can. It looks like it's going to be a good one. Next up is the movie that almost got my pick of the week. This one's called Morris from America. Morris Gentry is a young boy who was forced to move with his father to Germany. He dreams of becoming a rapper, but the German town he lives in doesn't have very many opportunities for a young would-be rapper from America. This starts to change for Morris when he decides to start trying to make a change, as well as becoming friends with a young girl named Katrin. This star's relative newcomer, Marquise Christmas, who's really only done one or two tv movies other than that according to my friend steven who knows a whole lot about rap this kid is a rapper this also stars craig robinson from movies like zach and miri make a porno and this is the end if you saw zach and miri make a porno he's the one that wants to be oprah rich 
This looks like it's going to be delightful. I don't use that word a lot, but I'll say it again. This movie looks delightful. It's a coming-of-age romantic dramedy about a young man dealing with not only finding himself, but dealing with being an outsider. This is more than a struggle of a young black, ma- a young black boy in America. It's a struggle about being a young black American in Germany. This trailer was funny, but not in the same way a full-on comedy is. It's more like a movie that tackles real-world issues with a light heart. My worry is that this is going to be the indie version of 8 Mile, but the trailer did a good job of hiding it. And by that, I mean 8 Mile was a good movie, but it was basically written for Eminem, and it starred Eminem playing Eminem. In an odd way, that movie suffered because of the familiarity Eminem had with the role. Okay, while he was doing press for Dallas Buyers Club, Jared Leto had a ton of hate coming his way from a bunch of social justice warriors complaining that a transgendered actor should have played the role that Leto got. And so Leto responded, and I paraphrase, of course, because I couldn't find the article where it talked about what he said, or the exact words he said, but basically he says that movies would be boring if people only played who they were. There'd be no discovery, and there'd be no new takes on things. And not just new takes on things, but attacking something from a different angle. So my question is, will Marquise just be playing himself? Or will he be coming in with a new perspective and a new approach? Of course, it doesn't mean the movie will be bad. Even if it is Marquise playing Marquise, it could still really be good. I just think it could be so much better, or maybe so much better, if he really tries to come at it from a new angle. My vote, if Kubo and the Two Strings isn't your thing, check this one out in theaters. Otherwise, definitely watch it, but you could save it for DVD or streaming. This doesn't seem like the kind of movie that you have to see in theaters. Next on our illustrious list of movies is Collide. Man returns to his former life as a drug runner in order to make money to save his girlfriend. He must intercept and steal a drug shipment, but when everything goes wrong, he finds himself in the crosshairs of not one, but two drug lords, and must also get his girlfriend back, who was kidnapped. This stars Nicholas Holt, who was Beast in X-Men, in the new X-Men movies, and I feel like I've been talking about him a lot recently. Like, every couple weeks, it looks like he's in something. This also has Felicity Jones in it, who's soon to star in Rogue One, so any good nerd has seen her face. And Hannibal Lecter himself, Anthony Hopkins, is in this, as well as Ben Kingsley, who's been in a ton of movies like Iron Man 3 and Shutter Island. I'm surprised that this wasn't written as a transporter movie, because it the whole thing screamed transporter. Except for the fact that the guy actually has a girlfriend. I thought this was going to be... I, th- I thought this was going to be Transporter 4. Or 5? Transporter 5? How many have they done? I, so I know Statham did 3. And then they did that other movie that turned into a TV series that got cancelled. Anyway, so if you watch this trailer, you'll be thinking the same thing I did. That this just looks like the Transporter. And it, that's not really a bad thing, because the Transporter, while they weren't fantastic movies, were really fun. I want to see this. I'm going to see it. I will. Not in theaters. I don't know. Maybe in theaters. It depends if I if if I just happen to have a day off or I have nothing to do, which which honestly never happens. So you know what? Here's my vote. Check it out. Do it. Just don't see it in theaters. Wait for it to come out on streaming or DVD. Rent or buy it. Sit down with some popcorn. 
and just have fun. That's what you should do. Well, my friends, it is time for our break. And yes, the same word, but the same wonderful word from my friends at Somewhat Nerdy Radio. So I will be back after this. Imagine yourself on a journey with the Somewhat Nerdy Radio podcast crew as we travel through forgotten realms and far-off galaxies. Your captains, the sensational Snarf Chris and the cunning Critter, constantly face an element of danger. Welcome to the Somewhat Nerdy Radio podcast. The bright light in the podcast sphere. Download and subscribe Somewhat Nerdy Radio today on iTunes and SoundCloud or stream it at somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. All right, and we're back. We are going to move on with Kingsglaive, Final Fantasy XV. The kingdom of Lucius has been at war for generations with the Empire of Niflheim. The king of Lucius realizes that the battle can't go on much longer, so he comes to an agreement with Niflheim, and it ends in betrayal as a princess is captured. The king sends Nix Ulrich and the Kingsglaive, a group of fighters who wield magic, to save the princess and the kingdom. Wow, now that I say it out loud, it sounds ridiculous, but it looks really good. Uh, some notable actors lend their voices to this project, like Aaron Paul from Breaking Bad, Lena Headey from Game of Thrones, and Sean Bean from Game of Thrones, so we'll see if Sean Bean survives. This is an animated movie, of course. Final Fantasy XV looks like a beautiful... The game, Final Fantasy XV, looks like a beautiful mess. I bet you it's going to be fun, but all of the, fi- all of the Final Fantasy games post-Final Fantasy X have been strained farther, farther and farther from the games of our past. And this new one comes out in late September, and it e- isn't even a turn-based RPG. I think Square Enix knows that people are going to be more critical now than ever, so they're trying to build up the hype with this movie. Kingsglaive is going to clock in at about two hours, but I'm already wondering if it really needs a full theatrical release. And no, 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 it doesn't. The theatrical release is really for fans who are interested enough in the Final Fantasy game to see it on the big screen. For everyone else, there's Blu-ray, there's streaming, and there is a deluxe edition of the game coming out that will include the blu-ray of the movie as well as some dlc that's going to be about like 20 or 30 bucks more and it comes in a fancy case so yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna own that who am i kidding i love final fantasy even though i'm sad that they're straying away from the turn-based fighting system and trying to go with more of the action rpg i still love it it's still a great series except for 13 13 was terrible 13 was just really bad the story was great. I really liked the story, so I had to watch a Let's Play just to know how it ended, but the, the gameplay was stupid. You couldn't grind? That's something that every Final Fantasy has had. Even the MMORPGs you could grind in, but no. In Final Fantasy thirteen, you only had a set amount of enemies in a certain area, and that's the most powerful you can be when you got to the boss. And the final straw for me when I was playing that game was you were you were just walking around in this normal area and this there's this random bad guy that you had to fight that was so much harder than any of the bosses you've ever had to face and 
there was no way to get it any stronger. And that's when I just put the game away and said, you know what? No, I am not going to play this anymore because it wasn't worth it. Hopefully, hopefully this game will be different. It is going to be an action RPG, but hopefully it'll be different. And the movie does look good. It does look really good. It looks beautiful. The the name Niflheim is kind of dumb because it reminds me of Nibelheim from Final Fantasy VII. But I, I think I went on too big of a rant here for the video game. So let's just get on to my vote, and that's pass. Unless you're a huge fan of a huge fan of the Final Fantasy series, or you just happen to have a day off, and oh look, the times for this movie line up perfectly with your plans for the day then see it. Other than that, wait, if you want to see it, wait for streaming or buy the special edition to alt to get the DLC as well. Next up is Ben-Hur. Ben-Hur was accused of treason by his adopted brother and goes into exile. After spending years at sea on a slave ship, he returns to kick butt and chew bubblegum. But the problem is, bubblegum hasn't been invented yet. We all know this story. We've all seen the original. Unless you're some sort of movie heretic, that is. So the, the question is, why? The original is still epic. It's still a fantastic movie that stands the test of time. Why remake this? Why? Because Hollywood cares more about money than content. It does look good with fancy new graphics, but do we need it? Do we really need it? No, I really don't think we do. This stars Jack Houston from Boardwalk Empire. He plays Judas Ben-Hur. And Toby Kebbell from Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. He was Koba, Koba, and this guy is really good. So I look forward to seeing what he does in the future. He plays uh, Misala Severus. Morgan Freeman is in, is in it because when you need an old dude to impart knowledge on a younger guy, who could you possibly want besides Morgan Freeman? There's a writing trope I'm not going to mention because... Um, the name is just a little un-PC, but if you if you know writing or you know movie and story tropes, then, then you'll know what I'm talking about. And you know why that, that Morgan Freeman is that dude. I'm torn, because while this movie does look pretty good, at the same time, I don't think it needed to be made. There's a heavy religious element to this film, and I would rather see a remake of a great movie have a religious message than another Jennifer Garner movie about some that turns into some mindless feel-good film. We have Kirk Cameron for those. Thank you very much. My vote for this one is put it on your 2C list, but just don't go out of your way for it. See it when you can, but there's no rush. Next up is a documentary called Lo and Behold, Reveries of the Connected World. This is about Werner Herzog's exploration of the internet and the connected world. This looks like it could be interesting because it seems like he's coming from a relatively neutral standpoint. That's really hard to do with documentaries because normally when they're made, there's a side that the filmmakers have already taken before the movie even starts. Of course, there are other ones like, um, like the one on Tickling where it's just someone telling a story and they go into it open-minded so they do exist but a lot of times filmmakers go into documentaries with agendas this trailer makes it look like this documentary is just about the internet and technology and humanity's relationship with it most of the interviews in the trailer were straightforward but there were a few people who seemed nuttier 
One woman moved away into the middle of nowhere, away from any technology, because the radiation was making her sick. I'm not a doctor, so I really don't know if there are people who are actually allergic to technology, but it sounds to me like she's a bucket of crazy. But if you don't want to be around technology, that's fine. Do your, do your thing. Stay away from it. Go, go live in the middle of a jungle, because it looked like she was in the middle of the jungle somewhere. So yeah, go live there and be happy. Good for you. I had this customer one time who wanted me to manually type in all the numbers on the barcode for the products he was buying because he didn't want his food being poisoned by the radiation from our scanners. And this guy was nuts. He was tinfoil hat level crazy. But I guess I'll have to check out the documentary just to see the standpoint that woman takes. But as of now, no, she, she looks crazy. The trailer hinted at some interesting topics they're going to talk about, like how we would communicate with people on Mars, as well as maybe even having robots and artificial intelligence that can beat, uh, that can beat athletes at their own games or even make movies on their own. So that would be pretty cool. That's what makes me think this movie is going to be interesting, and it makes me want to see it, but not enough to see it in theaters. Which brings me to my vote is pass unless the topic interests you and if it does then wait for streaming we're almost done here folks we have two more movies to go so let's get on with it with a tale of love and darkness this is a story of amos oz's youth as he grew up during the end of the british mandate for palestine and the beginning of the state of israel the movie follows the tale of his not only his youth but his relationship with his mother this movie was written, directed, and also stars Natalie Portman, and it looks really good. I was I was really impressed because I just thought she was I thought she was just in it, that she was just an actress in it. Okay, I don't want to say just because acting is a big deal, but now that I know that she's also written and directed it, that that's a whole lot more. And it'll be really interesting to see if she can do it. I have high hopes, up in the sky hopes, for this movie. Now, this is the first time that the young actor Amir Tesler is going to do anything, but it looks like he's actually going to do a great job. The great thing about movies finding these, these nobodies to take on big roles is it can be really surprising. It can just launch a fantastic career. There are some amazing child actors out there, but there are also some really annoying ones who I don't blame the kids. I blame the like directors and producers and whatnot because they just probably didn't get enough guidance and were allowed to try too hard. This movie is in Hebrew, which means a good number of people will avoid it because I want to watch a movie, not read a book. But for the rest of us who don't mind subtitles... This one looks like it's going to be really good. I bet you something heartbreaking is going to happen. Just really heartbreaking. Because books like this, it was, sorry, it was based off a book. The, the autobiography of Amos Oz. But books like this don't sell so well unless they're about someone really famous or because there's something really tragic. You know what's funny? If this book wasn't also a true story, it would be considered literature because literature has to be tragic. I once took a writing class at San Jose State, which a, a good class with a, with a really good teacher, but all we read was literature. 
and the teacher would accept genre pieces, but preferred literature. And you know what? Modern literature sucks. It's all blah, blah, blah. Everything sucks. Blah, blah, blah. Tragedy. Blah, blah, blah. I wish I was Ernest Hemingway. That's all it is. And, and that's why I stick to genre fiction. You know what I did for that class? You know what my final piece was? Was a love story. I did romance. Because what is wrong with smiling? What is wrong with happiness? But this is a true story. But I still just have this feeling that something tragic's going to happen. Something awful is going to happen. It's going to make tears flow. But I'm going to see it anyway. I'm going to see it because it looks great. So here's my vote for this one. Is yes, see it. Maybe not in theaters. Maybe not even right away when it comes out on DVD or streaming. Maybe wait a while. Maybe a couple years down the line you see it and you go, oh yeah, I heard, I remember hearing about that one. Watch it. Give it a watch. Why not? The last movie of the week is War Dogs. This is based off the true story of two 20-year-olds who get a $300 million government contract to supply arms for America's allies in Pakistan. This stars Miles Teller from movies like Whiplash and Fantastic Four and Jonah Hill from 21 Jump Street. Also has Bradley Cooper in it from the Hangover series. And here's, here it is. Here's my random recommendation. If you haven't seen Whiplash, you see it. Because that was fantastic. It has Miles Teller and J.K. Simmons in it. And both of them give these outstanding performances. The movie just captivates you. And J.K. Simmons is a master at his craft. And I don't think he gets enough love because he usually plays smaller characters. He's, he's really known for J. Jonah Jameson in the first three Spider-Man movies. But he was also in Law and Order. He played the, the psychiatrist in the early years. Or is it later years? I forgot. Whatever. But that movie was really good. So here's what you do. Here's what you do. When you have time and you want to watch something, you watch Whiplash. But let's get back to the movie at hand, which is War Dogs. I'm really excited for this because it has two amazing actors heading it. And Miles Teller may have been in one of the worst movies in a long time, The Last Fantastic Four, but he was also in the movie I just recommended, Whiplash. And I think that he could be one of the next big actors in Hollywood as long as he just stays away from the crap. War Dogs looks like this weird combination of The Hangover and Green Zone. You know, that 2010 Matt Damon movie about the search for weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. The reason this trailer gives off Hangover vibes is because this is directed by Tom Phillips, who did the Hangover movies. And he mainly does comedies. He does good comedies too. But it'll be interesting to see how he handles a comedy with such a serious plot to it. Sure, it may be ridiculous and easy to make fun of, but it's still about war and making money off the selling of weapons in a war zone. Comedies that take place with the backdrop of something as serious as war are always iffy. It could easily be bad if it's not handled well. Sure, sociopaths may still find it funny, but there's a limit. It has to be done tastefully, and it has to be done making sure that we don't treat war like it's a joke. So this looks entertaining, and it may even be worth a shot in theaters. So my vote is see it if Kubo and the Two Strings 
or even Morris from America, isn't your cup of tea. And my friends, with that, episode 10 of Future Flicks comes to an end. As always, I am Billiam, your host in this journey of weekly movies, and so please do not forget to hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. Please give me a great rating, I would really appreciate it, and tell your friends about me. And also, hit up my friends at Somewhat Nerdy Radio. Be sure to like us on Facebook, and also be sure to keep an eye on our website. Whenever we make something new, we'll always put it on the site first, and then right to Facebook. So please, remember, no matter what you guys do this week, no matter how busy you are, and no matter where your life takes you, make some time to catch a flick. I am Billiam from Somewhat Nerdy, signing off.